Welcome to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. As a golfer, now more than ever, you have access to all sorts of swing advice and swing tips, and that can often be confusing and conflicting. This podcast is going to help you cut through all the clutter. You'll understand what really happens in the golf swing based on what we've learned from measuring the very best golfers in the world, but most importantly, how that information can help your swing. And we're going to try to do it all in 15 minutes or less. This episode is brought to you by AMG Plus, the best way to train your swing online. AMG Plus includes our four key training systems, the swing system, the speed system, the short game system, and the soon to be released putting system. You also get access to our private forum where Sean and I, along with our other AMG certified instructors, review your swings and check your progress as you move through the checkpoints. To learn more about it, just visit athleticmotiongolf.com forward slash the letters AMG dash PLUS to get started today. We started doing our AMG golf schools in January of 2022. So we've got a full year and some change under our belt now. And when we started, just happened to be one of the coldest Januaries in, in recent times down in Orlando, Florida. We had some freezing rain. Uh, all the guys in the school were troopers. They hung out there, did the work, and we got through it. Everybody made it. Everybody survived that first school. And then turns out in February, it was just the opposite. It was in the 90s in February, which was the two extremes, uh, which is, you know, what you get. It's an outdoor sport. It's what you get when you practice and you do schools outside. You're, you're subject to the weather. That kind of started us thinking, okay, we would really want to build a facility, a performance facility where we can not only do our golf, golf schools in a controlled environment with all the feedback that you would ever want for, a, for improving your golf game, but a place where golfers can go. And, you know, a lot of this golf tech is super expensive, especially the high-end stuff. And it's difficult for one person to buy all that. But we wanted to create a place where you can not only go and use that stuff, but you could benefit from all the feedback it gets without, of course, having to pay the exorbitant cost of all that. And this past school on Monday, we did our very first indoor golf school. I say indoor golf school because most of it was done at the AMG Golf Club. But we did go outside, get on the golf course. But the bulk of the instruction, the bulk of the teaching, the bulk of the learning was done at our new indoor place. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the feedback we got from that was e even better than I thought it was going to be. You know, when we first did it, I was thinking, well, maybe these guys are going to really want to be outside most of the time because that's just traditionally how golf schools are are um, are done, right? They're, they're outside. But once, once they got in there into the Athletic Motion Golf Club where we have you know, eight TrackMan base set up, everybody had their own $50,000 plus track man. Everybody had two video cameras running all the time. Everybody was getting the feedback on every swing. Um, it was incredible to see not only how much faster they improved, but they appreciated that. Even a lot of them hadn't done that before. They appreciated it for the fact that they felt like they got a lot more for their time that they spent working on their game. I think that's what it's all about when you, when you are in a controlled environment like we've set up there. Yeah, all said and done, each of those bays was $50,000. You know, they have the track man, all the cameras, you know, the whole nine yards. And you're hitting into a really large 16-foot wide, you know, projector yeah. screen. So you're, you're kind of engulfed in it. And the coolest part for us is, and especially being able to compare it 
with indoor learning versus outdoor learning because we've been teaching our lessons. You know, you do gears indoors, force plates are indoors. We've been teaching indoors for quite a while now because we've seen the benefit that it has, right? When you're able to pull people away from their ball fight for a little bit, actually can slow down and make some changes, some core changes to their movement. Then when that gets ingrained, then you go back outside and you've got a better golf swing to work with, better golf swing to play with. So being able to do it at kind of scale in these golf schools, it was really unique in seeing how each golfer kind of had their own golf course, so to speak, their own driving range, because the camera was set up just for their swing. You know, we would put the lines on just for their swing. They would, we would pick targets. We would put the data up that would be just for their swing. And they each really had a, you know, uh, I don't know how big those bays are, 16 by 22 or 24, whatever, wide area that they called their own for the entire golf school. And they absolutely loved it. Yeah, and one of the participants even mentioned, he's like, hey, I, you know, I thought this was going to be a really small, confined space. I was really worried, but he's like, once I got in here, I couldn't believe how open it felt. And uh, he was comfortable, you know, making full swings in there. And we've all been in bays that are a little bit too small, especially when you get to driver, you almost are afraid to make a swing. Uh, the way we, we had it set up, the, uh, they all benefited a lot from it and were able to almost feel like immediately they're able to stand there and start making some swing changes, especially like you said, every swing they were making, we were, we had their lines drawn on their video, uh, on the video screen. So they knew exactly after they made each swing, did they do what they thought they did? And they could look at the screen and the video that played back immediately after they hit the shot, they could see if they, if they accomplished it or not. And a lot of them have never practiced like that before. And to me, that's that's the, the main benefit of this is, okay, take a swing, look at the swing. Did you do what you thought you did? Even if it feels really foreign, okay, that wasn't enough. Let, let's say they're trying to, I know one guy had his right arm really narrow. He couldn't believe how much the feel and reel was different from what he felt from what he saw. And because he could see it after every swing, quickly he's able to say, oh, wow, I really have to feel like I take the club back about waist high with my right arm perfectly straight. Even though he didn't do that, that was his feel, and he's able to to figure that out fairly quickly when he's able to see it every time. And he said he's been trying to con uh, conquer this swing fault for 10 years, and in a couple of days he's able to make some pretty major changes, and uh, it was pretty pretty fun to see. That's a great example there, uh, Brian, with the right arm movements, right? Because mm -hmm. we see that in every golf school. And when you're outside and you just have range balls and no one likes to slow down and hit range balls, right? Well, one, they're not the softest balls in the world and no one likes to see a ball go, you know, 20, 30 yards on a full length swing. So you're left really with going probably faster than you should, right? We see that all the time. And then you're left with your intention of making that change at a fast speed. And, you know, we've done it for a year plus now where, okay, Brian would be a good example. All right, Brian, let's get that right arm a little bit wider as you're as you're getting kind of midway into the back of the swing. And with all the effort, with all the intent in the world, he would try to make it wider, and then we would put it on video, and there'd be no change. So if we didn't have that video feedback, right, and he didn't see that video feedback because he has to equate what he sees on the screen with what he's feeling. So he goes, okay, I gave it a pretty good effort, and there was zero change there. So the recipe there was, all right, let's let's take 20 miles an hour off this next shot. 
And 20 miles an hour is a massive slowdown for anyone. And then let's ramp up maybe 5x the feel that you had on that last swing. And he did it. And then you can see a little bit of change, right? So let's slow it down a little more. Let's exaggerate it a little more. And you get to the point where, okay, my feel now is producing the real versus just trying to go off a feel and hoping it produces the real because you don't really know because you can't really see it and just based on the ball flight. Because a lot of times when you're making swing changes and you're actually making good swing changes, you're not always going to hit it better right off the bat. So what we what do we always do when we go out and we hit a bad shot? Well, I must have done something wrong. I'll change it. Or if I hit a good shot, I think I've done something right, right? We've all been victims of that or, or guilty of that. So it really allows you, you know, you can put the videos up on the screen. You can put half video, half shot tracer, you know, tiles, whatever the case may be to get the message across and to, to really feed what the player needs. And it's a way that we found that, that you golfers at home listening to this can practice, you know, improving your swing. And you've heard us talk about this for years now. The live view system kind of gives you a little bit of that experience when you're outside or when you're inside. You need that feedback, something like that. Your phone, a mirror vision, anything that lets you see what you're doing because it's there's nothing more valuable when you're trying to make a change and being able to validate what you feel versus what you f- think you're doing. Because a lot of times, especially the beginning, those are going to be wildly different. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I wrote down a couple notes here while you were talking about that. Just a couple other things that I feel like was so beneficial to have for everybody to have their own track man. Um, one of them was put in the club. I would put the usually, depending on what they're working on, club path, face angle. Um, one of the things I would put up is impact location. I feel like something that most golfers don't even take into consideration when they're on the range, where they're hitting the ball in the face. And sometimes just the awareness of where you're hitting it can help you figure out how to hit the sweet spot. So we would, you know, if someone's hitting a shot, I'll put that impact location up on the screen. And TrackMan is, is, this isn't a TrackMan commercial, but it's incredible software they have that shows exactly where you hit it in the face. And, you know, I can say, well, you know, let's figure out what we're doing here because you're hitting all these shots on the toe. And one of the golfers in the school is like, oh, really? I had, I had no idea. And then when we go to look at it, he's actually lining the ball out up on the toe. So didn't even realize that just something simple in his setup with that awareness of having that impact location on the screen, he stood a little closer, lined the, the club face up to the middle of the ball, and lo and behold, he started hitting this the sweet spot, which the impact location started to show him that. So, you know, the, the student gets that buy-in mentally. It's like, okay, this change that I just made made a, a direct difference in, in what I'm doing. Now my smash factor goes up. Now the distance goes up without having to hit it any harder. And um, I think that was that, that's, that was massively important just to have so many different types of feedback and be able to pick and choose which one. Like you said, when we started, you pick what the golfer needs. Yes, it's a golf school, but it's a custom golf school based on what each golfer needs to do. Yeah, because we start, start the school off with gears. So we know before we go to the range, before we go to the club, what golfer one needs, what golfer two needs, what golfer three needs, what golfer four needs. They know what they need and they know what we're going to work on. So they, that first night after we do gears and have dinner and they're back at the hotel room getting getting rested for the, the first full day, they're kind of gearing up and mentally getting ready to, okay, I'm going to work on this. A lot of guys will have clubs out and they're making swing changes there in the hotel room before we actually dive in and, and get down to the to the heavy lifting. But, you know, going back to your point with the impact location, one of the other guys 
had a tendency to hit it out of the heel with his driver. And this is a pro tip for everybody. When when you set up and you're resting your club behind the ball with a driver, most everyone tries to square up the ball to the driver face, right, in the center of the face. And then we don't really hit the ball with a driver with the club touching the ground, hopefully, right? We're hitting it on ascending angle. So when you lift that club up a little bit, now the ball is in the heel. So you want to set up with your driver a little more toward so when that club lifts, it's now in the middle. And he was setting up slightly in the heel, and then when he would hit it, it would be even more in the heel, which, again, was killing his impact location, adding more spin to the shot, more slice spin, and killing his ball speed. So just seeing things like that, which you can accomplish on your own with foot spray, right? But how many times have you been in a driving range where someone pulls out foot spray? Hardly ever. And the divot starts to splatter with the iron. Just Right. It gets to be kind of a pain. You hardly ever see anybody pulling out foot spray. We've been preaching it for years. Or alignment sticks. Or a camera, right? These are all things that you can do on the range, but it's, you know, for that extra five minutes of effort that it takes to set all that up, you know, you're willing to spend two, three hours just out there exercising, basically, because you don't have that feedback. So these are little things that you can do at home to kind of get the same experience with whatever setup you have available to you. Yeah, that, that that's a great point. We almost force feed them to do the, the good stuff in these hitting bays because every the bays are squared up, the hitting mat squared up, so your alignment's taken care of. I can walk by someone really quick and see, hey, hey, your shoulder's a little bit open to that line on the ground. You see that? Oh, yeah, I see now. Let's get squared up. The other thing I wanted to make a quick point on that's important is we're always preaching, hey, when you're making a swing change, let's slow down. And you mentioned a second ago by taking 20 miles an hour off. So what I started doing um, – is, hey, let, let's make a full swing at half speed, right? So whatever you're, let's say you swing your seven iron at 90 miles an hour. Okay, let's see if you can make a full swing at 45 to 50 miles an hour. And they look at me, yeah, no, no problem. And the next swing, if it was 90, the first swing, the next swing will be 87 or, or 80 or even 75. And they cannot believe that how difficult it is to slow down enough to get to that half speed range. This is such a great, to me, that's a sweet spot for learning. I mean, there's no, I haven't done any scientific research behind this, but I, you and I have been teaching golf for a lot of years, right? Uh, we're not scientists. A lot of years, right. <laughs> but, we, but we've got a lot of anecdotal ev- evidence here. Yes. Over the years, there's a speed that where if you go slow enough, you can think your way through the swing a little bit. And, to, and it's that kind of half speed of your normal in that range. It doesn't have to be perfect. Like if you can get it, if, if you swing 85 to 90, you can get your swing at like 45 to 50 miles an hour. If that's slow enough to where you can feel what you're doing as you're doing it and try to make some kind of change. And I mean, for some of the guys, it, it takes them 30 minutes to work their way down and be like, oh, wow, that is so much slower than I'm normally gone. And I can actually feel what I'm doing now. And then they see the change that they're able to make at that speed because you know, I said it a hundred times in this school. How are you going to do it fast if you can't even do it slow? It's just, it's, it's just adding speed to it. You're going to, you're going to make the same motion because your brain is looking for the path of least resistance. If you swing it anywhere near your normal speed, it's going to, your brain is saying to you, well, this, we already have, we, we know how to do this. Let's just do what we always do. But when you, when you slow it down, you're going to hit some terrible shots too when you slow down because you can't use all that speed to make these kind of compensations that you're making. So the we put the miles per hour up on the screen, the club head speed, while they're doing it, and keep them honest and saying, 
if, if I'm walking by someone in the in the bay, in one of the trackman bays, and they're like, hey, I just can't get this, I'll look at the clubbing speed. So, well, that's 80 miles an hour. You've got no chance at that speed. Let's, let's take it down to, to 50, 45, 50. Then I'll come back. Show me that you can make the little change at that speed. Then we'll we'll ramp it up again. And it's just impossible to do on the range, right? You Most people, unless you have, you know, you just, it's hard to do. I and mean, most people aren't going to do that because they're out there. They want to waste balls by hitting them slow. And there's, there's a whole lot of things that the range is good for. Making a swing change, not the best place. It's a good place to warm up, right? Unless you're right. super diligent on how you practice, not the best place to make a swing change. No, there's very little accountability on the range. You've been you can hit the years. range, you know, that's not a skill. Being able to keep <laughs> the ball in the range. No. Especially and, at Orange and, County National. <laughs> yeah, and, and and the thing is you're just reacting to the last ball you hit. Right? Right. You, you hit one right, you close the face. Oh, that must be I hit one left. Uh, I, let me let me open the face again and hit one back to the middle. It's a, it's a constant game of whack-a-mole. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. We'll, we'll have guys, okay, all right, I need you to go slower in this next one. They'll hit it faster. That we've seen it before. Right. And because everyone thinks they swing it at 80, 85% anyway, and it's not. So they give it an ounce less, and sometimes it's five miles an hour slower. Sometimes it's two miles an hour slower, and they're shocked that it wasn't 40 miles an hour slower. And then when they do swing it 40 miles an hour slower, they're shocked at what they can feel when they do that. And they're shocked at how bad they hit it when they do that. Right. So we, we, kind of you know it's almost like a hurry up and get it over kind of move when you're not playing well and it's you know it's kind miss of it like quick the, david yeah, thompson said miss it yeah, quick. <laughs> exactly right and it'll hurt your feelings when you can feel all those awkward movements and compensations and strange movements that give you no chance to hit a good shot when you go half speed and i, I basically just tell golfers to do it at a speed where you can do what we're trying to do and oftentimes that takes, you know, like you say all the time, make a seven second, make a 10 second backswing, make a 10 second golf swing. Golf swing is one second. That's 10 times slower than normal. And, you know, it just takes getting over the hurdle of, okay, if I practice slow, I'm going to lose my speed when I play. That's not the case at all. It doesn't, I mean, I played basketball from the third yeah. grade all the way through college. And rarely did we ever have a practice that was full speed. You would have, you know, the last 20 minutes or whatever, scrimmage or whatever, but most of the practices, you're doing drills, you're working on plays, you're going slower than full speed to improve your game time play. Wouldn't you guys walk plays, basically? like uh, Walkthroughs, all the time. Walkthroughs. All the time. S explain that, because most people aren't going to understand how that is. If the point guy comes down and calls a number two and there's screens to be set, how, how does that work? Yeah, when you're learning a new play, especially if we're, you know, you have uh, a game coming up. And, you know, you're just going over what they do and they've got a couple of critical plays that you need to defend or vice versa. You're going to come up and you're physically going to walk. No jogging, no nothing. You're going to walk through it. And it gets monotonous after about half an hour of walking through plays and every option of those plays and all that. But we're not just going, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what they're going to do. All right, go at it live, full speed. <laughs> yeah. We'd be like chickens with our head cut off. Um. And no one, like, you don't give it a second thought. In football, you're not trying to go out there and rip everybody's heads off, you know, on Monday. Yeah. It's walking. It's drills. It's honing the skill that you need to play your best. It's not going full speed. And golfers, man, there's a, there's a mental hurdle there that we all have when it comes time to practice. If we're not practicing at full speed, if we're not 
ramping our club head speed up, we think we're, we're losing ground. We had a guy in the school who was wanting more driver speed. His ball speed was what was low. And he got more ball speed, more ball speed without improving his club head speed because it just efficiency was way down. You know, that, that's plugging the leaks. We got leaks to plug before we start, you know. God, that's making, another episode. That might be the, the next episode. Faster. Yeah, let's plug the leaks in the boat we got first. Yeah, like you said, a lot of people, they're losing, they say, oh, I'm not happy with how far I hit it. Well, where are you hitting? My first question is, where are you hitting it on the club face? Every time. And it's always, mm, I think <laughs> I'm hitting blank. the sweet spot. You think you're hitting yeah. the sweet spot. And, you know, it's probably harder now. Like, I still play a forged iron. You do too. You know, I can feel where exactly where I hit it. But I think some of the newer irons, just great game improvement. Gotta love it. But I think it takes away that feeling in your hands when you really miss the sweet spot. It doesn't feel that much different. So that where it used to be, you could really figure out, oh man, I'm, I'm on the heel a lot. The golfers now with, with some of these clubs, they, they, they can't feel it. So they need a way to know if they're hitting in the sweet spot or not. Like I said, well, you can spray the face, but when you have this impact location turned on on a track man and they can really see it, they don't need any more club at speed. They would get 10, 15 more miles, uh, uh, yards of distance just literally by hitting the club face, middle of the club face. And it's just not something that people, eat. it's just an afterthought, right? It's just like, what do you mean? I need more club at speed. Well, not necessarily the ball speed is what you're after. Yeah. If you're not wearing out the center of the face with the speed you have now, faster what, what? speeds, probably not going to find the center of the face either. Yeah. It might be, and make, make it spin where the driver gets more right. spinny, more offline. And so you're not doing yourself any favors. And like I said, this could be a whole episode, but you, you're not doing yourself any favors doing all these club head speed drills and speed sticks and all this stuff. If your swing is not where it needs to be, you, it, it makes zero sense. Yeah, if you can't find the face right now or don't know where on the face you're hitting it, swinging clubs without a club face, mm. man, you're you're asking for trouble. I mean, I've seen I've, I've seen some disasters. People swinging these sticks with no club faces, especially and they have a, a radar in the ground for club head speed or speed of that thing. Oh, look, I I got it up to one twenty, but then you slow it down and look, and the le the lead wrist is super cup. They've lagged it yeah. more than they would in their normal swing, and they get a drive in their hands, and they they hit it all over the map because they've changed their wrist angles in search of this speed instead of kind of getting their swing where it needs to be, and then using these tools in a way that won't change your swing as much right. or their their wrist angles and release and um we see it over and over again yeah maybe this is maybe this is our next episode i think so we're already kind we, of we, we just talked ourselves right into it yeah. back to the golf school <laughs> yeah practice with feedback like we do it now in our lessons we've done it for a long time in our lessons we're doing it now in our golf schools um if you don't have access to any of that stuff you know you can use you know, your phone, foot spray, you got those things, or come see us in the golf school. Love to help you out with there. But um, don't waste your time on your practice. I mean, we have so little time nowadays, it seems like, to do to do golf, you know, day in, day out. But if you're dedicated to your game, improving your game especially, make sure you practice with some sort of feedback. Practice indoors when you can. You don't need to hit the ball a long ways to build a good golf swing as far as when you're practicing and learning the skills of, of the swing mechanics that you're trying to change. You just need to make the correct movement over and over again. That's how you make a swing change, not efforting harder, not trying harder, certainly, you know, not 
swinging as fast as you can and expecting those changes to show up. We say it all the time. It's easy to put speed on top of a good move. It's impossible to put a good move on top of speed. So take the speed away, make a good move and let that be your practice routine. It'll start to meld faster and faster without you trying to make it go faster. Exactly. And just in case you guys are trying to find out um, how to sign up for school or, or find our Athletic Motion Golf Club, golf schools, you can go to athleticmotiongolf.com. Just click on schools and there's a link there. You can see the dates and sign up. And then um, getting ready getting ready to open fully, not quite open fully yet, uh, for a school was done before it was completely finished. But if you go to www.athleticmotiongolfclub.com, you can see the uh, the facility, and uh, you can sign up for a membership there as well. If, if you're in the area or you're in from out of town, you want to just come hit balls in one of the bays, um, you can sign up there. So that's a that's a, a plug, shameless plug for us, Mike. <laughs> yeah, come see us in the mouse. Kids will love the mouse. You'll yeah. love the club. <laughs> yeah, we're in uh, Winter Garden, Florida, uh, just outside of Orlando, and um, yeah, we'd love we'd love to see you and uh, love to have you come check it out. We, we we're pretty proud of it. It's been a lot of years kind of thinking about it, and we finally it's coming to fruition. So come come take a look at it if you're around. 